Welcome to Motherhood Feels. Hindsight is 2020. I'm Dr. Jill Garrett, a licensed psychologist who specializes in maternal mental health and host of Motherhood Feels. Hindsight is 2020. Stay tuned for a most exciting Motherhood Feels episode with my good friend and seasoned mom, Maggie Light. Maggie and her husband, Daniel, live in LA with their three-year-old son, Owen. Maggie and I go back to our elementary school days where we mostly talked, laughed, and sang our way through school, including college where we were roommates and housemates. We probably had the loudest dorm room with music blaring and the two of us singing our hearts out, oftentimes with music that was less college-y and more show tune The two of us together can get crazy, so I'll have to force my best behavior to not erupt in laughter and stay as professional as one can. Maggie, who is my favorite thespian, has been on the stage as an actress in our younger years, and in more recent years has put her creativity and talent into writing, teaching, and activism. She's currently working on a young adult rom-com manuscript about climate change, and she's an English professor at Otis College of Art and Design. You can check out more about Maggie's writing and teaching at maggielight.org and follow her on Instagram at maggielight22. Listen in as we talk through some of our memories and mom moments next. Hey guys, it's me, Jill. Before we start, help Motherhood Feels grow by subscribing to the podcast. Leaving five-star reviews can't hurt either. And if you're interested in supporting more moms and families by bringing Motherhood Feels to your workplace, you can connect with me at motherhoodfeels at gmail.com to learn more. You can follow me on Instagram at motherhoodfeels, all one word, and head over to motherhoodfeels.com to check out my self-paced online course, Motherhood Feels Before and Even After Baby Boot Camp that walks through evidence-based strategies for healthy coping with all your motherhood feels. Thanks for listening. Oh my gosh. Hello. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe I'm being podcasted. <laughs> oh. So I told, okay, well, wait, hold on. Let me, let me okay. save this for air. Um, <laughs> all right, you ready? Yep. Hi, Maggie. Thanks for being here. Hi. So we're going to start with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Okay. About myself. I am a 44 year old woman and I've lived in LA for, uh, almost 19 years and I have a son and a husband and a dog. And I work at an arts college. Uh, I teach English and creative writing, sometimes improv. And yeah, I'm I'm happy to be here and I uh, love this podcast. So it's an honor. Well, thanks for being here. And I am going to just share that Maggie and I have known each other for decades, probably since even maybe before elementary school. We, we've done so many different things together in school and all the way through college. And our talent show was choreographed oh, by your sister when we were in maybe third grade or something. 
we've gotten Jackson, your brother has been annoyed with us when we were singing bridge over troubled waters, very loud in your old house. Your dad drove us both to college when we first went to UVA. And I was thinking about your mom and her carpool expertise and how she would drive a van, 20 plus 30 year old van at this point in time Uh that did not have the automatic doors. And so in order to close the door without getting out of the car, she would say, hold on, girls would push forward, accelerate forward, slam the brake. And then the van door would boom shut and we off we'd go to one of our activities. <laughs> True. And that was definitely at an age where we now would be in a five point harness. Like it would have not, I don't even, and I certainly wasn't wearing a seatbelt because it was the eighties and that's for sure. For sure. We were in the back of the, we were in the back of the van singing Beatles, yellow submarine. I'm just totally. <laughs> well, yes. so yes. tell me Maggie, um, a person that I know well and who I will try to be professional around. <laughs> tell me what your journey to motherhood has been. Have you always oh. wanted to be a mom? How did you get there? Okay. Okay. Well, um, I was positive that I was not going to be a mom, um, up until probably around like four or five years ago. Um, I, I, when I met my boy, my now husband, you know, it was one of the first things I expressed that I, I didn't want to have children. Um, and he was fine with that. He's an only child. And he, he, he said it didn't, it didn't matter to him. And then, um, but it did matter to his mother. And my, my mother-in-law started to uh, really encourage us to have children, even before we were engaged or lived together. Like he was just my boyfriend and he was like, where she was like, where's the baby? Um, and once we did get married, she would, um, used to come over with like, um, photo albums of her childhood and just, just, just give these long speeches on how important it was for me to, to, um, continue the lineage. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I was just firm that I, I didn't want one. And it was just something I, I had a lot of, um, a lot of goals. I thought I was gonna like, just be a sensation. <laughs> I thought, um, uh, you know, I moved to LA with like stars in my eyes and, um, I know I'm an English teacher now, so it's not exactly, um, like the road to the red carpet, but, um, I just had, I had a lot of ambitions and I saw my, my sister just like, wow, kids are a lot of work. And I just didn't think it was a good fit. I also, um, I also had some anxieties about climate change and I didn't, there was a couple just just had some real concerns about uh, the the world that I would bring him into, and just the sort of a lot of these concerns. But then, but then when I was thirty nine, um, I started to just feel like something was missing, and it really was less of a decision and almost just more of like it felt biological, like something like like almost like a panic. Um, so I and I just. I actually went to an improv, I was in an improv class, a narrative improv class. And I just remember feel, I'd been really wanting to take this class. Um, and it was more about like developing character. And, um, and I finally got in the class and I was like, this is just, I felt empty. And it felt like this is, I just saw myself doing this 
for the rest of my life of like taking these fun classes and teaching and and that was good but it was just it it just it it, it just felt like i was depressed um and it's weird to say like i don't think i was I, it just felt like a depression like something was missing and so um I told Daniel, let's try. And then, yeah, I didn't really think about it. It just was a feeling more. And now I have the kid. So years later, now here you are. Here I am. A professional mom. A professional mother. Um, Yeah. Not, I think I've seen on your show, seasoned veterans, I feel more like a rookie, um, you know, but I I would imagine most people actually feel that way. Um, So, let me pause here to interject that Maggie is a bit of a triple threat in her <laughs> talents. So she can not only dance, but she can sing and she can act. And I believe if I'm, do I remember correctly that you auditioned for American Idol? I did audition for American Idol. Yes. Just a few um, fun facts. Yes, I did. Um, and yeah, I'm I can remember singing a lot of show tunes with Jill um from like preschool to college. Uh and that hasn't stopped this morning on after dropping off Owen to uh at his preschool. I was singing Hamilton and um Dear Evan Hansen and Stevie Nicks, and you know, it is full belt mode in the sure. in the freeways I, of Los Angeles. Yep, I can uh, see it now. So let me ask you a question about your pregnancy, because I know, I know a lot about you, but I actually don't know much about when you were pregnant. What was that like? Um, I kind of dropped the, we're going to have a kid bomb on Daniel. We were on a trip in Spain and it was so beautiful. And I was like, we need another human here. Um, And so we started trying, that was like uh, August. So we started trying in September and then uh, like, after six or seven months, I, uh, it wasn't happening. So I called the, uh, like an OBG. I went, I did the hormones that we tried to, we were going to talk about getting Daniel checked to take. And so we would, is it hormones? I don't really, I don't know all this stuff. Fertility stuff. Fertility. Yeah. So fertility stuff. But, um, when I made that call, I was actually pregnant and didn't know it. Um, and so I didn't end up needing that. And this was, so I got pregnant around April of 2019 and, um, when I texted Daniel, I remember we had like this big event at my school and I did a pregnancy test in the bathroom stall because I was, I was doing pregnancy tests all the time. And so I did, um, just like uh, on the reg and I texted him to tell him, um, from the bathroom stall and like the picture and he texted back like so many emotions, you know, uh, um, it wasn't necessarily like, Hey, it was like just so many emotions. And then I started, and it was this big event at the school. And, um, I just started telling everybody, I mean, I'd been a pregnant for me, you know, like I'd known for maybe five seconds. Um, and I was just telling like colleagues, people I sort of knew, whatever. Luckily it worked out, you know, um, and that, that pregnancy turned into my child. Um, but, yeah. And so that was, that was fun and exciting, but I started getting nauseous as one gets. Um, and the nausea never stopped. Like I was sick the entire time. Um, and I just remember like Googling like so many times, like, when is it like, does it stop at four months? Does it stop at five months? Is it stop, like, just the internet, please internet, tell me I'm going to feel better. And I was, I mean, the, I guess, you know, just feeling it, I was like, I just, I was so miserable. And so I felt, um, 
I didn't really gain a lot of weight. I only gained like 17 pounds or something. Like I was the skinniest pregnant person. Um, and then, and then what was so awesome is after I had the baby, it was, a, it was like three days of labor. They did the vacuuming out and the episiotomy. And, and I got this like pancake breakfast after having the baby. And I finally had like a legitimate appetite. And I'm like, these are the best pancakes I've ever had in my life. It was like gross hospital pancakes, but it was like <laughs> a meal for a king. It was just like so great to have hunger. I actually now do recall you texting me and saying, when does it end? The nausea. Say, yeah. give it a couple more weeks. And then it kept being, no, nope, no, still not, still not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're not going to have a second kid because I'm old and tired. Um, but I mean, whatever. People have kids at all ages, but um, I feel like we're we're done. But yeah, that that nine months of nausea, I don't, wouldn't want to repeat that. Well, tell me, what do you remember about the early days when you came home post pancake feast with the okay. babe and um, how it all went? Okay. Um well, I was on crutches because I pulled some muscle or something happened with, I couldn't walk. Um, and so it was kind of dramatic to, you know, to try to breastfeed and, you know, carry the baby when I, I really couldn't walk. Um, and so that was hard. And, um, I'm sure Daniel will disagree with this. Daniel is my husband and I'm sure I, I, I'm sure he'll disagree with this, but I feel like the early baby stage was actually like the first few weeks was actually pretty easy. Um, just because it's just sleep, don't sleep. I, I'm as as Jill, as you know, Jill, I've never been much of a sleeper. So <laughs> I do like the lack of sleep, yes, for like just felt like, oh, okay, this is just life. Let me interject uh, with a brief story about <laughs> our college days, we were roommates. We were actually roommates a, a number of years in college, but our freshman year, we were just the two roommates together. And you had the dorm room with one bed on one side and one on the other. And I would be asleep and just ready to sleep in in the morning. <laughs> and then I would maybe kind of shift and look over at your bed, maybe just like kind of open my eyes and then there you would be wide-eyed. And if I even open my eyes a little bit, you'd be like, Eva, you want to talk? Come on. Let's talk. Okay. <laughs> you would be yes. up for hours at that point. Hours. Exactly. I know. I was just desperate for your um you to be awake and talk to me. Um, <laughs> yes. So so that like so that lack of sleep thing didn't really get me. I also had this sort of unique situation where I ended up getting um, I don't know if I should share this, but I'm going to anyway. Um, like I got um the day before I was supposed to be induced, I got a call. I I had been working hard to like get an agent and get my book published. And I got a call from a publisher that my agent had been talking to and saying, they, we want your book, but we want you to make these revisions. And so I was like, great, you know, and I, I was like revising the book in the delivery room um, and like writing and um, like up until I got that epidural. Cause it was, it was a long time. I was actually wasn't in that much pain. Um, and I don't know, I had a lot of time, um, just sitting there. And, and so then after also when the baby was born, when Owen was born, I like, there's not really much to do like breastfeeding. I would just write the book on my phone while I was breastfeeding. Uh, yeah. A lot of the, his early babyhood was me just kind of working on this book that book ultimately did the, the publisher did not pick it up and it didn't work out anyway but um that was part of my one of the big reasons I was un, didn't want to um have a kid was I didn't I wanted to have time to write but that actually I I, th I feel like I learned in that few weeks it's like 
I'm always going to kind of make it work. Like I'm always going to make it like, I don't think I'd neglected him. You know, um, he was just kind of sitting there, you know, happy breast, happily breastfeeding. I was surprised at how I've, I'm actually right just as much as I did before I had the baby. Um, if not, sometimes more. Yeah. Well, I, I think that sounds really reasonable. It's something you loved, enjoyed. And so why wouldn't you continue to love, enjoy and spend time doing it? And so let's shift into the waking up phase of the the baby. They've kind of gotten through the yeah. fourth trimester and now they're awake and with it a bit more. What was it like when that part happened? Okay. So that was like, that's when I'm like, oh, I've got a human here. It's not just like a, a peeing, sucking, crying, sleeping thing. Um, and yeah, I, I think um, he was full of life, full of beans, as, as my husband says. Um, actually, sometimes really full of beans. He loves to like just eat canned beans. Um, and <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he, like, I, I would say when um, he started to, you know, get his, his personality started to manifest, he's very much like my husband in a lot of ways, but in the, in the personality ways, in the feelings ways, in the expressive ways, uh, he feels a little more like myself, like more like me. And I think both, I would think Daniel would agree with that. And we were both kind of a, a little bummed about it just because I think it would be an easier road if um, he was more like Daniel or just more calm, more um, quiet, uh, more peaceful. Um, but we have, you know, a lot of bright personality um, and all the trimmings of that. I would say early baby, good sleeper once we got the sleep trainer, which was great. Um, a good eater, um, just a chubby cutie baby, um, with lots of babbling noises. Yeah. Um, so that was the babyhood phase. I don't know if that answers the question, but it was, yeah, yeah, we did a lot of, um, uh, baby jogger stuff. I'm imagining you did that too, Jill. Um, Yeah. So I will also interject here that Maggie is a, a, you are, what is the good word to describe this? You are physically fit. Uh, <laughs> not as much movement. as I used to be. I know I used to do it. So I, I, the, I was really fit when he was a baby because I could just put him in the jogger and now it's harder to find time to exercise. Um, just, but yeah, I do love that, to run. Yeah, that is true. I, um, really miss our double Bob stroller. Uh, yeah. just even when they were too old to be in a double Bob stroller, put them in, Strap mm-hmm. him in and start moving. But I, yeah. we, we still use the Bob over here. But I mean, he won't let me run, but what do you know? Yeah. Well, let's shift gears and think a little bit. So here you are, a person who hadn't really had this vision of being a mom all your life. And then you kind of got this itch to become a mom at the same time as you have this burgeoning career and despite some worries about the state of the world and the way things are unfortunately you have Owen and I'm wondering what in hindsight you wish you had maybe done differently or things that you're glad you did with now being a seasoned mom a seasoned mom of a three-year-old. Okay. So, um, just, I have some things I wish I would have done differently in his first like year of life. Is that what you're asking? Mm 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I just, um, it was, you know, it was COVID baby, you know, it was, it was an intense time. He went, we went, he went back to, um, I, I went back to work for one day and then, and then COVID happened. Um, and so, and he was only like 10 weeks at the time. Um, and so, um, like, like the rest of the parents of the world, you know, it was, it was hard to, um, manage work and no, no childcare, but, um, I, I wish that I, and you said this to me so many times, Jill, I will say when you, when we talked about, um, having a baby and what it was like to be a mom, I wish that I would have been more proactive in taking time for myself and not because, and not like just writing or even though I definitely did that, but, um, or, you know, getting stuff done for me, but because I have a lot of regrets around my like anger and temper. I had, I would get overworked and I would just have a really short fuse with Owen and it wasn't anything like bad, really bad, but it was not okay with, with me. Um, and if I feel like if I had had more, just somehow tried to find more time to myself, really asking my husband for more help, which he's always ready to do it. But I just, for whatever reason, I, I really have trouble asking him for help. If, but if I had asked for more help, then I would have, it would have been that, that many fewer times of losing my temper and getting angry with, with a baby, um, which, you know, um, is something I still struggle with, but I think, um, you know, yeah. I, I think uh, most every single parent can relate to that. So that is a helpful thing to put out into the ether. Um, any other lessons learned or things that you wish you had known or done differently? Okay. Um, I'm going to look at like in the first year or two years, maybe even, right? Sure. Is that okay? Okay. Sure. Um, How about it? Lessons, lessons learned, things that were done differently. Um, you know, I, I think in addition to, um, letting myself, you know, asking for more help, having more time to myself, I also would have, um, maybe been less hard on myself. Like, I think Owen is an all children, like all humans, they are who they are. And I don't think I, I, I think I'm a little hard on myself when I do slip up, when I do get angry. And I don't think, um, I don't think it's helping anybody, um, in the family. So, uh, just having an acceptance of my fallibility, um, I think would help. I think, and I'm sure that Owen picks that up, you know, um, that perfectionism, you know, I'm sure is now I'm being perfectionistic about my perfectionism, but anyway, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) well said, take it easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh And let me now see if you have anything that I haven't asked you about that you want to say about motherhood, parenthood or anything else. Okay. Um, I'm going to say something that I'm sort of, I haven't figured out, but I'm also interested in, um, I, when I was pregnant with Owen, I started like working with this, um, this organization called citizens climate lobby. And 
I was well thinking maybe this isn't the best time to join volunteer organizations. And I've actually read a really helpful book about working about working mothers that was saying maybe don't don't volunteer right now. Um, and I found that to be useful, but I also found. Um, like I, I started to re-engage with this organization when Owen was around too. And I've found like it, I found it a really great resource. Um, but I will say uh, like, just, it, it helps me with my anxieties around climate change. And, and so much of my anxiety around climate change is connected to Owen and the next generation and the next generation, you know, just like the future of humanity. Um, and this really helps me stay positive and like be in a solution instead of just the, the, the doom and gloom. And, um, and I've also like, like I took, I did an event this weekend and I got to take Owen with me and they got to meet my kid. It felt like a very community thing, but I will say I'm the only person in the organization with not just with small children, but with any children that aren't grown. Everyone in the organization is either retired um, and older or like um, in their 20s and 30s and don't have children. And I'm just like, I think it's, I found it to be <clears throat> actually really um, energizing and made me feel more confident for Owen and all children. And I just, I would, I want that I want to see more like parents of young children have some sort of time space, which is, I know, an impossible ask because, no, you know, parents of young children don't have time or space, but to have some kind of like on-ramp to that kind of experience. Because for me, it's been really great. Um, but yeah, it requires sacrificing choices and prioritizing and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So that's cool. And I saw the picture of, um, oh. of on your Instagram the other day. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> trying to do that Instagram thing. Um, it's a learning curve for me, whatever I am, Gen X. Is that what we are? Um, Got me. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'll give you an opportunity and I might have to edit it, but mm -hmm. you want to share any memory that you have of the two of us that is oh, on the PG version? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to bring it back to singing show tunes. I'm remembering you driving the white Volvo. Um, right. and I think you called her Bessie. Is that right? I don't remember that, but you okay. had like, it was one of those things. It was one of your weird, like sometimes you would name things or you'd have a thing <laughs> and it was like, you were naming it. I think it, you named it, you called it Bessie for like 48 hours and I'm remembering it. Um, and at the time it was like rent. Everything was rent. Um, and we, and, and, but you were, you introduced me to rent. Um, cause I hadn't heard it and it was the 500, 25,600 minutes. And I just remember like driving around our, our neighborhood of South Roanoke and thinking this was like maybe the best song in the history of the world. And it like, we were still like new, new freedom of light of driving. And, um, yeah, that was, that was um, not the first or the last time we we sang at the top of our lungs um, that that musical. But anyway, it was the first time, but not the last time. Yeah, that's uh, that's good because I also one of mine is you driving in your black VW Jetta, and you would always sit so upright with two hands on a wheel, and then we would just be driving around. It was clearly right when we just got the freedom of driving because we would just be uh -huh. driving and singing up a storm, singing up a storm. Uh, yes, um, I mean I'm I really have had. Um, 
like daydreams about coming to visit you across the country in Florida and just sharing my playlists and my different songs and just, just, and so we could like just get more aligned because I'm sure you and Ava and the girl and uh, Lila are singing different songs and I want to um, just do a nice download. That's a good goal. I like that. And <laughs> then we will finish this podcast episode. Of course, thank you for joining me, et cetera, et cetera. See if you can remember our school project. Um, if we can do it together, let's see. All right. Oh, God. Okay. Um, Mount Everest. The Great Wall. Mount so wait, Everest. Okay, okay. okay. Who go, I go first. So you go first or I go first? Okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was Mount Everest, Great Wall, Whereas. Okay. Um, we go together. Okay. So all right, I'll okay. I'll start with Great Wall. Okay. Okay. Great. Wait, no. Let me start over. The Great Wall. Mount Everest. White, White rice. These things are all things that can found. be found in the country. I will clearly have to cut this because <laughs> I cannot even, I can't keep up, keep up with it. Well, thank you, Maggie, for being here. Thank you for your climate change activism. And I appreciate your motherhood insights. Oh, lovely. Thank you so much. I always appreciate your motherhood insights. I've I've called you many times for all your all your wisdom. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for thanks for being here, Maggie. <laughs> okay.